Okay, praise the Lord. All right, we're going to pick up where we left off. This is, um, now, we're, we're in the book of Numbers here, and if you'll just keep your Bible simple, you know, you hear people say Alpha and Omega, or they'll say when they're saying from beginning to end, what will they say? From Genesis to Revelation. That's right, it's a timeline, and it is a perfect timeline, and it's history. It's history. It's not a spiritual book like Confucius say. No, 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 no. You will get a lot of spiritual things out of it, but it's history. That's what makes ours so beautiful because it's history. And you see, ooh, God did that. What's the first thing we see in the scriptures? Day one. What did God do? Help me out here. What happened? What did God do in Genesis? What, day one, what happened? I mean, just what happened? I mean, was it evolution? I mean, what happened? What does the scriptures say happened in Genesis chapter one? Beginning of the... Yeah, in the beginning, yeah. What? Yeah, I know, but you're going too deep. What happened? What happened in the? Yeah, he he created it, and see how we've lost it today. We're we're hit all the time. They laugh at you. They'll say he did not. He didn't. It's all. Oh, it's just your Christian religion. No, when you remind yourself that God created the heavens and the earth, He created all of it. And don't forget, it's not He worked from the outside. And the universe and all the pictures you see from Hubble telescope. And they go, oh, 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 And they said the other day the Chinese got this big giant. They have the biggest satellite in the world looking for life out there. You ain't going to find it. That's the reason they got to have a huge one. Because yeah, there's nothing to hear out there. Okay. Because it's backwards. The earth was created. The heavens when stuff weren't created until day four. The stars and the sun and the moon. The heavens he's talking about is the atmosphere around here. Well, water above, water below. And day two, uh, no, day one was light. And day, day two was uh, the earth, uh, the water separate from the water below. Day three was the land and the plants. And they go, well, it's probably millions and millions of years. No, it said day and night was the first day. Except this was the third day. So on that third day, if you've got plants, how long are you going to survive without having some light? Well, day four, there's your lights, praise the Lord. Okay. Day five, the fish and the sea and the, and the birds. Day six is all the animals and then praise the Lord, us. Day seven was what? A day of rest. All makes sense. But anyway, timeline. And, and by the sixth chapter... Yeah, by the sixth chapter of Genesis, all the world is wicked. It's totally wiped out. I mean, it's totally wiped out. All gone criminal. It's horrible. And God was going to destroy it, but he decided he was going to save Noah through a flood. And he did. Jesus talks about Noah. As in the days of Noah. (laughs) That's a myth. Come on. Well, then Jesus is a myth. See, we got some major problems here. And Jesus will say, you know, uh, he'll talk about Moses. Also, Jesus was standing on a mountain one day in Matthew chapter 17, and all of a sudden Elijah shows up, and Moses shows up, and Jesus is standing there, and Jesus starts glowing because he's God, okay? But then why do you have Moses there? Because he was real. And all this stuff we see here, it's, his, it's a historic land. Okay, anyway, where we covered last week, they are all the way to the promised land. Remember, they had got to the promised land, and they said, we want to go back to Egypt. We can't go in there. Well, oh, brother. So 40 years have passed by. They're at the verge. They're actually at, they're at Jericho. All they got to do is go across the water. Moses is fixing to die right here. And here's where we picked up. And they just wiped out the Midianites. And it wasn't like, oh, God, that was close, like that Alabama-Mississippi State game. Boy, it was close. It was not even close. I mean, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God, as a matter of fact, they didn't even lose a soldier. So here we go. Let's back up and catch some of this. This is Numbers chapter uh, 32, but I'm going to back up into 31 just a moment. 
Numbers 31. Notice he says, take vengeance against the Midianites. They're leading you into idolatry. And then he says, then you must die. He's like, then you must die. <laughs> Moses is 120 years old. God kept him alive all this time. He's going to keep you alive too. Praise the Lord. Aaron and his sister have already passed away just recently. Praise the Lord. Anyway, Moses said, some of your guys got to take, uh, take arms to notice this. Wage Jehovah's war. It's the Lord's war against Midian. So anyway, uh, notice they took off and notice the ark was in front of them. Trumpets blaring. Good grief, they're going to get killed. No, they're not. They had the ark out front. God said, do this. God said, blow those trumpets. And every time you do, you're going to win. It's not win some, lose some. So anyway, notice what happened. And every man of Midian was killed. Wow. What happened to the details of the war? It was, it was no big deal. Matter of fact, the Lord's going to tell them later, says, when you tell Joshua, don't worry, when you go in the promised land, it's going to be the same way. And there was two other battles that just took place uh, just a moment ago too. All right, now, at the latter part of this chapter 31, I'll pick up, remember where we were, the officers and the battalion leaders, they came to Moses and said, this is Numbers 31, 48, 49, we accounted for all the men who went out to battle and everybody was killed. Oh, excuse me. Not one was missing. Can you imagine that? And today, when we see stuff on the news and whatever, especially when uh, Bush was president and the, the stuff going on in the Middle East and all that kind of stuff, they had the death count. 3,000 troops have died. You know, Look at this. Nobody died. Are you kidding me? Nobody. Well, let me show you something about this. Uh, let's go back to the book of uh, Psalms just a moment. And I want to go to Psalm 91. And history tells us that Moses wrote this. Look what Moses says, Psalm 91. We live within the shadow of the Almighty. You know, I think the King James Bible says, uh, uh, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High God. I mean, I can understand that, but you've got to watch some of the old English you know, words that they say, and you'll be like, what was that? It went right over your head. We live in the shadow of Almighty. Think about that. I sent a picture to a friend of mine the other day. It was so bright and sunny, you know, and it was just my image right there, you know. And it was pretty cool. I mean, I, of course, I knew it was me, but I took the picture right here. But think about that. If it was God and you're down here and I'm in the shadow, I mean, and, and notice he's, well, he can't wait to just beat the crap out of you. No, he didn't want, he's there to help you. Well, let's, let's just let it read. Sheltered by the God who is above all gods. This I declare that he alone is my well, you never know. He is my refuge. Read it for what it says. My place of safety. Now, don't call it safety if it's not safety. So we hear too many preachers telling us that, well, you know, sometimes, you know, you twisted that ankle for a reason. You know, God wants you. If you twisted your ankle, stand there and ask the Lord to help you. I don't care if it throbs for three days. Trust the Lord that it's going to be okay. He'll fix it. Even if you broke it and it has to go in a cast, trust the Lord that the Lord will make it well. Don't believe anything but this. Do you know Jesus was tempted by the devil in one of the verses here? The devil said, jump off. For it says, the angels will bear you up. And Jesus said, don't put the Lord to a foolish test. So Jesus is authenticating this whole psalm right here. Plus, we have history telling us that this whole battle, not a soldier lost. And I'll add this. Guess what? I work with military. And some of the military personnel that uh, I've worked with over the years, this is, and I've even had a Bible list. This was called the Soldier's Prayer. Why is it the Soldier's Prayer? Because he's faced with death every day. 
That's he ain't like, well, you know, win some, lose some. No. Watch this. This is invincible. Richard, I just get, that's where your unbelief is. You've got to believe this fellow that's standing right there. I mean, what's so funny is we believe he's raised from the dead, but we won't believe this. That's ridiculous. Come on. You believe a dead guy came back to life? And you go, oh, oh uh, yes. Even if you think about your unbelief, the only way you're going to be able to explain it is God. And that's right. There's nothing too hard for God. So watch what he says here. He is, he is my God. And notice this. I am trusting him. Oh, Richard, I go to church. <laughs> I go to church too, but when I walk out that door, I can believe God won't help me. And I'm still a Christian. But Lord, you won't help me with my finances. I just, I won't tell you that, but I'll just go around going, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I wish I went back to Egypt. Like, you're going to get killed if you go back to Egypt. That's stupid. Well, at least I could be a slave over there. Well, yeah, you go back now, they're going to kill you for sure because they lost their firstborn over you. Anyway, he rescues you, look at that, from every trap. Now, God doesn't decide what's a trap. You do. If it hurts, it hurts. And we've made, we've just, I've had friends of mine, because they're in the ministry, and they'll sit there and they'll say, this is not for us today. I'm like, I beg your pardon? You're going to take it. It's because, see, they can't take it. It, it, they don't, they go, well, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to tell everybody in this room that God will do this for you. Because what if he doesn't do it? We'll make everybody feel good. No, we'll all feel good when we look at this and trust this. Anyway, he rescues you from every trap. Look at this. Protects you from the... You might as well call that cancer. I don't care what you want to call it. You're free from it. The life of Jesus, he healed everybody. Go look it for yourself. I, I mean, don't do it just to be competitive with me. Do it for your own unbelief. Start with Matthew and look and go, he healed that one. He healed that one. He healed that one. He healed everybody in that town. He told his disciples to heal everybody in that town. They did it too. Wow, and you'll go, oh my goodness, you know, and you'll go, I believe you're still here. Yes, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews what, you know? We well, remember that. Okay, here we go. Look at this. He will shield you with his wings. Notice this. He will. We don't have to convince him. It's his job. They will shelter you. Laura was talking about seeing a vision of angels' wings and stuff. Remember the ark was covered. God, I mean, God told Moses to build that ark with angels' wings that overshadowed the, what? the mercy seat. You have mercy. Quit trying to be perfect. You're never going to be perfect. You can't. Except through what Jesus has done for you. Praise the Lord. Anyway, His faithful promises, look at that, are your armor. Now you know why you're standing there getting beat up. Because we've not taken the scriptures and armed ourselves. We're going by what we believe. And a lot of times we don't believe the right things. That's the reason you've got to go back to this and say, man, I'm trusting you. That's the reason Moses said, Joshua, go into the land. You'll do fine. You're going to wipe out your enemies. That's the reason Joshua chapter 1 says, remember that? He says, fear not. Remember that? Nobody's going to be able to stand before you. Okay. Okay. Uh, His faithful promises are your armor. Now, you don't need to be afraid of the dark anymore. I tell you what, I, I had so much fun as, uh, you know, I've been in the ministry since I was 16. And when they gave me the opportunity to work with young people and stuff like this, th- this was candy to them. Because, I mean, you know, uh, when you start telling young people that, you know, that uh, the Lord will help you like it says here, and things that, you know, I'm a little scared of the dark and stuff, this, this really helps, praise the Lord. I mean, I deer hunt, I don't like walking in the dark and stuff like that. And I had a flashlight go out one time. <laughs> I'm like, I was... 
a long way from my hunting stand. Did not have a flashlight. But I remembered something David had said. He said, even the darkness is as light to you. And that's exactly what I thought when all of a sudden I had that cold chill come over me like, I was shaking my flashlight and it wasn't working. And I'm like, you know, what did I just hear over there? Well, it was me walking on sticks and stuff. But it still can be scary, you know. It can be scary at home at night. You hear something. Did I hear something while you're in bed, you know? Look at that. Watch this. You don't have to fear the dark anymore. Nor Look at this. Nor fear the dangers of the day. Or what if somebody comes in and shoots up our church? Don't fear it. Yeah, but the Texas church. Don't worry about the Texas church. God take care of you. He will. Look at this. Nor disasters in the morning. That's the reason we leave here. We're getting safe home. And you want to go somewhere this afternoon? You're going to be safe too. Watch this. Let's keep going. Look at this. Though a thousand fall at my side. Though something happened in Texas. Though something happened whatever. This is between you and Jesus. Look at this. Though 10,000 are dying all around me. Can you imagine that? Well, can you imagine Noah? The only one and his wife and his three sons and their wives. The only ones that were saved. God promised, I'll keep you safe in that ark. He did it. Look at this. The evil will not touch me. Do you notice there's nothing spiritual about this yet? Well, we need to be good people. Don't raise your voice. Like Jesus did when Jesus was in the temple. He was nice. He grabbed a whip just... To demonstrate, you know. No, he didn't. I'm if, if I was one of those guys, I may not have been, oh, that would have hurt. And Jesus would have been raising his voice. Anyway, I'll see how the wicked are punished, but I'll not share it. Look at that. I'll not share it. For Jehovah is my refuge. I choose the God above all gods. Look at this, to shelter me. Well, I choose him to take me to heaven one day. Well, I'm so glad. You got a long way between here if you're young. Between the time you go to be with the Lord, you know, what are you going to do between here and there? Well, I just, I'm, I'm sure it'll be ups and downs and, oh, brother, I don't even want to hear you. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Believe the Bible. Follow what the people in the Bible did. It's, it'll amaze you and you'll go, praise the Lord, and you'll see him do it for you. Okay. I choose the God above all gods to shelter me. How then can evil overtake me or look at that or a plague come near me? Yeah, but Richard, you know, there's, there's, you know, medical science has said that all of us are going to be in some form or another. As a matter of fact, that day when somebody passes away, we always go, well, he had cancer, you know. Whatever. I mean, it's always cancer, cancer, cancer. Well, uh, congestive heart failure. Why not the end of the life? You know? I mean, you know, you live your life. We just think, well, you know. But look at this. Look at that. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will steady your hands to keep you from stumbling against the rocks on the trail. Now, that's the reason I tell you the devil knows that. Matthew chapter 4. Because the devil quoted that. So he knows his stuff is true. Look at that next one. Yeah, but Richard, I don't live in Africa. Well, I had a German shepherd chase me on a bicycle one time. And I was thankful that the word of God works. Hallelujah. And I've had a few cats that turned on me too, praise the Lord. And I'm telling you, and other things out there. Look at that. You can safely meet a lion or step on a poisonous snake. Yes, even trample him under your feet. I remember Dustin said one time when we lived, when he was still at home, he and his friends jumped up the mountain, went up the mountain, and were coming back down. And, and Dustin just happened to, woo, there was a snake, a rattlesnake thing is what it was. He, he, the, the Lord just shows you, praise the Lord. Well, isn't that a cute snake? It's hanging there on my leg. Well, even if that happened, the book, the book of Acts said what? There was, a, there was a viper that was hanging on Paul, and he was supposed to have died. This is in the 28th chapter of, um, 
of Acts, the last chapter. How can we miss it? That's easy if we don't read, but thank God we're reading, okay? He was hanging on him. Yeah, and he shook it off into the fire, and the Bible says he felt no harm. Well, that's because he has a halo over his head. I've seen the pictures. Yeah, with a long face. You know. We've deitized all these guys. No, they're just normal people. Paul is just like you and I. You know, and he didn't die. And you know what happened after he didn't die? Everybody said, well, he must be a god. Well, Paul straightened him out on that and said, no, I'm not a god. Then everybody, no, then he went to the governor's house because they were stranded on this island because they got shipwrecked. The whole boat was destroyed. All 260, no, all 276 people survived. And, it, and Paul told him why. He says, because I prayed for y'all that God would spare everybody. Everybody escaped. And then as soon as he gets escaped, as soon as he escapes, he gets bit by that stupid snake. But here in America, we'd have said, yeah, win some, lose some. Hey, I'm going down. I got two more breaths. Y'all serve Jesus. He died. No. Why even bother the Jesus story? Why even bother? Jesus, 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 and then you die. Jesus, 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 and you die of a car wreck. Come on. That's not what this story is. Do you know they tried to push Jesus off of a cliff? No, Richard. They crucified him. That was about two years later. They tried to push Jesus. Luke chapter 4. They tried to push him off of a cliff. Because he made his home church so mad at him. He said, this has got to be, you know, Joseph's son and Mary's son. Who does he think he is? Oh, and he got mad at him. And he got mad over exactly what I'm talking about here. He said there were lepers in the Old Testament, but only one of them was healed. Naaman, uh uh-oh, Jesus just validated the Naaman story. He did. (gasps) So that must have been real. Yeah, it was real. Remember what Naaman did? He was a Syrian. He's not even a Jew. God don't heal him. But remember, and on top of that, sorry folks, he had a slave. Oh my God, let's get rid of, you know, George Washington, he had slaves. Let's get rid of Jefferson, he had slaves. Well, Naaman had a little slave girl, a little Israelite. And guess what that little cute little Israelite girl said to her, Naaman's wife? Because she knew he had leprosy. Oh, uh, man, if you just go to Israel, there's a prophet over there, he'd heal you. Little kids. Oh, God, you got a lot to learn. God does not heal everybody. That little girl convinced... This is 2 Kings 5. 2 Kings 5, okay? That little girl convinced her... Whatever, her master, the woman, Naaman's wife. And Naaman's wife told her, says... Little so-and-so says if you'd go back, you'd get healed. And Naaman believed it. He didn't have an epiphany going, I feel the Spirit. Worshipped another god. He's going to tell it to us in the end of that story as I'm relating it to you. So anyway, so Naaman goes all the way to Israel and he goes to the king. He might as well go to the courthouse. And the courthouse goes, what? Can't heal you? He went to the king of Israel. The king of Israel was so stupid. He didn't know anything about God because he's worshipping devils too. He's worshipping idols. But Elisha heard the story. And he said, send him to me. Elisha didn't say, well... (laughs) Who does he think he is? You can't just pass out healing to everybody. Oh, yeah, you can. You can pass out healing to whoever will ask. So Naaman shows up, and that's where that story was. Naaman didn't even get to see Elijah. Elijah just sent him an email and said, oh, go hop in the Jordan River seven times. You know, Naaman got mad. I brought all, because he brought a lot of money and stuff, and I thought he'd come out and salute me and do some smoke and mirrors and stuff and take the smoke and go, oh, 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 like the Indians do. Naaman got mad. I mean, can you imagine that? He got mad. And we think God's so touchy today. Well, 
I guess I lost my cool. He's not going to help me with my aching back. And I'm sick at my stomach. And he's not going to help me. And I got cancer. And he's not... Baloney. Naaman's servant, one of his, an adult servant, said, Hey, Master, look, if he told you to do something really, really hard, wouldn't you have done it? And Naaman goes, yeah, okay. And Naaman lost his cool, too. He was hot. He was mad. And his servant convinced him. They didn't even go back and say, will it still work? No, they just did it. He goes off to the Jordan River, jumps in one, two, three, four, five. And the seventh time, he came out and he looked like he had the skin of a little baby. Wow. Now, the rest of that story is he rushed back to that prophet to thank him. And he tried to give him a bunch of things. And the prophet said, nah, keep it. Oh, what would that do to you at night? You didn't have to pay for anything. God just does it. Well, that's not the end of it. Do you know what, that, what Naaman said? Now, Naaman was general over the Syrian army. He said, w- would you please give a message to your, your God? I, when I go back, i got to go be with my king, and he worships this stupid God. He said, please forgive me when I go in there. When I have to go in that temple, just forgive me of that one thing, because I know there's no other God but Jesus. And you know what Elisha said? Elisha didn't say, well, you dummy. If you don't get rid of them idols, you're lost. No, Elisha said, don't worry about it. Praise the Lord. Just like Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar figured out who God was. Okay, so here we go. So this stuff is real. So for verse 14 in Psalm 91. For the Lord says, because he loves me, I will rescue him. Is that something we can do? Let's see. I have to jump through. No, you have to jump through nothing. Do you love the Lord? Make this simple. The quickest way to make things simple and to believe it is go read the book of Matthew and Mark and Luke and John or actually anything and you'll go, these people didn't do nothing but just ask the Lord to help them. Some of them were the worst of all people. There's some kings that were just horrible but they would turn back to the Lord and the latter end of their kingdom, they were good. Manasseh was one of them. Threw his kids to the fire. But then later on, Manasseh goes, well, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> and man, I'll tell you what, they, they, they said there was nobody that repented as much as Manasseh had. And all he did was, I'm trusting the Lord. And God helped him. Okay. Because he loves me, I'll rescue him. Rescue what? Lions, snakes. Don't make this into some sort of spiritual thing or whatever. No, it's not. Okay. Look at this. I will make him great because he trusts in my name. Wow. When he calls on me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. Now, don't stop there. Yes, the Lord's with me. He's with me. I feel his presence, but I'm getting the pulp beat out of me. No. He says this, and rescue him. Now, look at this. You got to honor him. Look at Isn't that something? You know, it's like Melody said in her praise report. You know, we want Melody to do this, pro- this task or whatever it is. Wow. Okay. Look at this last one. I will satisfy him with a full life. There's a note there. Probably doesn't mean full life. Probably means something spiritual, doesn't it? Oh, yeah? Let's see. Long life. <gasps> Long life. Quit believing the garbage about you never know. Never know. Remember this. Honor your father and mother. It's called the first commandment with promise. That you'll what? Live long. Yeah, I'm going to live long, but it's going to be just hell down here. No, it's not. And all will be well with you. You say, well, I'm the first one to admit I was terrible to my mom and daddy. That's okay. Jesus took care of that for you. I mean, he took care of that for you. We're redeemed from that. If you'll trust him. And like I say, when you read some of these stupid kings, that all of a sudden they go, I've been wrong. all this, <laughs> And God will just bless them the rest of their time. Praise the Lord. Anyway, 
I'll satisfy him with a full life and look at this and give him my salvation. Now we run out of time right now, but we'll, we'll pick it up next time where, where, we, where we left off. But praise the Lord. That's the reason they wiped out the Midianites. That's the reason going forward into the promise. Well, actually, think about it. When they got to the promised land, I mean, let's just look at something right here. This is just, this is all a timeline. Whoops. Let me get back at it. Timeline where we're at. Numbers. Uh, we were at 32, I think. Uh, let's see. Yeah, let's see. 30, 33, 33. Yeah, okay. They took care of the Midianites. Okay, now, this is the timeline. I'm going to jump ahead here. It's only four more chapters. And then all of a sudden, it's Deuteronomy right here. This is Moses' address. That's a speech. They're fixing to go in the promised land. This speech was on February 15th. And if you time yourself and read this, it would take you about less than two and a half hours. So this is not hard to read all of Deuteronomy. We just think it puts us to sleep. Now, let me show you in the fourth chapter. Something about this right here. He says, watch out, be very careful. Never to forget what you've seen God doing for you. May his miracles. That's the reason it's so silly for us not to read them and think about what happened in Egypt and then live off of what we think in Alabama Christianity. Oh my gosh. Oh, you'll be so far from miracles, you won't even know. That. You'll just... We won't ever think he did it. He said, may his miracles. That's the reason those feasts were important. They had to reenact living in those tents. The Passover, they reenacted the blood on the doorpost, the death angel, because it happened. Have a permanent effect on it. Tell your children and your grandchildren about the, wonder, the glorious miracles he did. Tell them especially about the day you stood before the Lord at Mount Horeb. Now, I'm not kidding you. I, we never covered this in Sunday school. And the Lord's telling me this would have helped me. Look at this part. Summon all the people where he said, the Lord said, bring everybody to the mountain. This is when Moses was on the mountain. He was actually was fixing to go up on the mountain. So they'll learn to reverence me. Remember what happened? The thing was on fire. You know, Aaron mentioned calling dust in Indiana. That's what they got that Indiana Jones stuff from. That thing that well, one of those search for the ark, that they built it around the same type stuff. That mountain was on fire. You stood at the foot of the mountain, the mountain that burned with fire, flames shot far into the sky, surrounded by black clouds and deep darkness, and the Lord spoke to you from the fire, and you heard his words, but you didn't see him. Wow. Let me, let me go to here, a couple things, we're going to cover these in a few more days. Uh, one second. Look at this right here. It was because he loved your ancestors and chose to bless his descendants that he personally brought you out of Egypt with a great display of power. He drove away other nations greater by far than you and gave you their land as inheritance as it is today. This is your wonderful thought for the day. Praise the Lord. There's nobody like him. Now, uh, I want to show you why uh, in, the, uh, in Psalm 91, why it's so strong. You say, how could that be so strong? Oh, let me get down here to it. Just one second. Look at this. Verse 10. Oh, uh, let's see. Well, may as well. The Lord's brought you. Remember, this is a speech. 
The Lord brought you into the land promised to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, when he has given great, when he has given you great cities full of good things, Deuteronomy 6, verse 10 here. Cities you didn't build, wells you didn't dig, vineyards and olive trees you didn't plant. When you have eaten until you can hold no more, like we talked about Chaz a moment ago, okay? Then beware lest you forget the Lord. You've got to remind yourself, whoa, this stuff happened, praise the Lord. The Lord has done this. He's the one that got you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. When you're full, don't forget to reverence him and uh, use him to endorse your, use his name to endorse your promises. Don't worship the other gods. Let me get down here some other good stuff here. Look at this. Uh, In the years to come, your sons are going to say, what's the purpose of all these laws, daddy? Well, then you tell them. Egypt was wiped out by great miracles and great power, and we saw it. Now, let's see. Uh, Anyway, uh, still another part one. It's right here. All right, look at this. This is totally unbelievable, but we have to sit there and say, you know, I trust you, Lord. Notice what he says. Because of your obedience to the Lord... Your God will keep his part of the contract. Now, what's his part of the contract? Remember, it's his part. Don't worry about it when the doc says you're going to die or it looks like all kind of terrible things are going to happen to you this week. What are they on? His tender love he made with your fathers. He will love you and bless you and make you into a great nation. Now, that's talking about you too. He will make you, look at this. Now, don't choke on this, okay? He'll make you fertile. He'll give fertility to your ground and your animals. You'll have large crops of grain, grapes, olives, grape flocks, and cattle, sheep, and goats when you arrive in the land promised to you. Remember, what do we have the details for? This means your job today. Now watch this. You'll be blessed above all nations of the earth. Not one of you, look at this, here's choke time. Huh? Not one of you, whether male or female, shall be barren. Not even your cattle. I tried to raise golden retrievers and I got one dud, you know. I don't blame you for... Shaking your head because you're not reading the Bible. If you read this, you'd say, wait, whoa, wait, wait, hey, Lord, wait a minute. Help me out. I got this golden retriever named Lucy, and the vet said she can't have, but I'm not talking to my vet anymore. I'm going to you. And watch what happened. Now, look at verse 15. You talk about really choking. Look at this. And the Lord, now this is why Jesus just walked right through everywhere, and the reason his disciples did the same thing. The Lord will take away. All your sickness. We need to be looking at that instead of what we feel and hear and what we've heard from other people. This is not the only place he said this. The Lord said this in twice in the book of Exodus 2. I'll bless your water and bread and take sickness out the midst of you. I quoted it. Wow. He will not let you suffer any of the diseases of Egypt. You remember so well. He'll give them to your enemies. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Wow. Anyway, we better stop. That's the reason it's so strong in Psalm 91. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We're going to believe your word and not anything else. You're the one that makes the decisions. You're the one that's going to take us to heaven one day. You're the one that made everything, so we're listening to you. So, Lord, if we're not feeling good today, we're going to go to you. You'll make us well. Father, if we're, we're suffering financially, you'll fix that too. Praise the Lord. Coming into cities we didn't build, wells we didn't dig, vineyards and all these kind of things. Praise the Lord. Lord, if it's something we didn't even mention today, but it's, we just got something heavy on our heart. We got a problem out there. Praise the Lord. Is anything too hard for you? You'll fix it. And we just thank you for it. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to leave a record and tell others about Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, all right. <clears throat> Glory. Let's write 30 minutes.